change is hard, unquote. So is stale bread. Hello, welcome to the show. She's got pretty almond eyes. I was taken by surprise. She was standing at the show. Why? I guess I'll never know. Should I stay or should I go? Sometimes you just have to kick out the jams. And the jam S is from London, England, home of the marathon. I'm Harry Shearer, welcoming you to this edition of the show. Uh, an amazing week in the United States, at least. And here, too, in Britain, where I'm broadcasting from. They had the big Maggie Thatcher funeral. Uh, we didn't hear about that in the States so much because we had the other thing going on. A couple other things going on. Uh, one of which I think... The entirety of the coverage might be neatly summarized by this excerpt from Anderson Cooper in Boston. You're listening to uh, one of the uncles who clearly uh, doesn't know much about these uh, these guys. I'm not sure how useful uh, that was, but uh, interesting uh, nonetheless, I suppose. That's it. That sort of sum doesn't it sum it up? Don't you think? Doesn't it appear to? Uh Put a cap on that particular uh, thing. Ladies and gentlemen, also in that particular thing, uh, one piece of information I don't think the rest of us around the country were privy to, but it is from Boston.com, so it's got to be true. And it is, uh, if ever old jokes came to life, this is the day. On block after block of Boston's financial district and downtown crossing, Starbucks shops went dark as the city locked down, spurred by the manhunt for the second marathon bombing suspect. But hometown coffee chain, Dunkin' Donuts stayed open. Law enforcement asked Dunkin' Donuts to keep some restaurants open in the lockdown communities to provide hot coffee and food, like donuts, to police and other emergency workers. Quote, at the direction of authorities, select Dunkin' Donuts restaurants in the Boston area are open to take care of needs of law enforcement and first responders, said a spokeswoman in email. I know you couldn't. We don't write them. We just read them. Can't write that better. And now. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to present Let Us Try, a ballad of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Let us try to stem the tide. Well, the tide got stemmed good. In what he said is his likely his last ruling involving levee and flood wall failures in the wake of Hurricane Katrina in 2005. U.S. District Judge Stanwood Duval lambasted the Army Corps of Engineers. For engineering decisions, he says, were responsible for those failures as well as the legal process that has granted the Corps immunity from paying for the billions of dollars in damage caused by the flooding. Let us try. Quote, I feel obligated to note that the bureaucratic behemoth that is the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is virtually unaccountable to the citizens it protects, despite the Federal Tort Claims Act. That's the federal law governing damage claims. 
Still quoting Dirk Duval, the public will very possibly be more jeopardized by a lack of accountability than a rare judgment granting relief. The untold billions of dollars of damage incurred by the greater New Orleans area as a result of the levee failures speak eloquently to that point. Unquote. The judge had ruled in 2008 that the immunity clause did not extend to the Mississippi River Gulf outlet, a navigation channel, and therefore he found the Corps of Engineers liable for the flood damage in St. Bernard Parish and the Lower Ninth Ward caused by the flooding related to the Mr. Go. That was upheld by the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals and then the same three-judge panel six months later last year reversed itself. In his ruling last Friday, Duval pointed out he had presided over, quote, this Hydra-like Katrina umbrella litigation for almost eight years.